The question in my mind is, how do you create or relaunch a highly profitable and successful six to seven figure business? With so much conflicting advice about the best ways to start and grow your business, how do you get it right the first time? I want to help entrepreneurs make a real difference and navigate the messy world of startup or relaunch. My name is John North, and this is the Startup Secrets for Entrepreneurs show. Join me today when we dig deep with our guests and get you the best blueprint so you can fast track your own business. This episode is sponsored by Volpreneur.app, your all-in-one online business system. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at StartupSecrets.show right now. So let's get into the day's episode. Hi, everyone. Um, just had a lovely chat with John North from Startup Secrets. Um, please join in and um, listen to our conversation in regards to the importance of buying Australian-made products um, and uh, slow fashion, sustainable fashion, and how you can do your bit to contribute to saving our planet. Thank you. My very special guest today is Belinda Jane, who's the founder of PJ's BJ's PJ's, um, and uh, welcome to the show. Hi, John. Thanks very much for having me. It's lovely to meet you. Cool, and um, I really like your background. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty nice day today, so I've got to be outside and enjoy the sun. Not a green screen, so there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a funny thing because it kind of reminds me there's an ad on TV where this guy's um, doing all his Zoom calls and he comes up and it's his background is is the um, kitchen tape, you know, kitchen area or something. All these other people come up with all these, you know, Zoom backgrounds with, you know, it looks like the beach and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I usually have that one. <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> it's like. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, I'm very lucky. I've got a beautiful garden and lovely outdoor area. Cool. So what we're going to talk about today is the messy world of, um, of e-commerce because that's a very competitive market. And, and I guess if, if nobody else has got to face the big guys, you have to, right? Yeah. So how did you get yourself into this? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I had no idea how hard it was going to be. Um, I was struggling getting employment up here on the Central Coast and um, decided to start my own business. And uh, I have a bit of a history in fashion, so felt I might give that a go and couldn't find a product that I um, was looking for. <laughs> so um, something comfortable, cotton, I've got sensitive skin, so synthetics don't agree with me. Um, I hate underwires, um, yet I need support and so yeah, BJ's PJ's wire-free breast support loungewear was born. <laughs> right. And so did you? Um, so you, I guess with with anything like e-commerce, you've got lots of logistical things to worry about. So well, number one, you've got to get the product, and then yeah. number two, you've got to ship the product, and, the, and the, all through that, you've got to sell the product, right? So there's a right. lot of. It's almost like you've got to open your own retail shop without any sort of thing around you, right? Yeah, so my house has become a warehouse. <laughs> um, I, I'm fortunate that I have them made here in Sydney, so I get to do all the check-in, um, quality control. I'm really strong on ethical fashion and slow fashion and um, supporting Australian business, so um, the logistics of shipping stuff isn't so bad um, mm. and keeping check on my products being a premium product is easy for me because it's all done in Sydney and I just you know it's an hour and a half um so yeah um that side of it's great um the competitive side of it's a real struggle i'm self-funded so um it's an expensive 
mission to um, have all the stock in all the sizes, getting new styles, um, constantly battling against the competitors who have big bucks behind them. Mm-hmm. And, and the, I guess the biggest problem with, with online is that a lot of people, it works a similar way in shops too, is that you're trying to get someone into um, to buy something the first time, you want them to come back. So some of those scenarios with those guys is they're fully prepared to spend a lot of money um, to get that customer or even lose money on that customer initially um, to get them to come in the front door. So so what do you have ever sort of calculated what your average cost to acquire a customer would be in terms of that? Or? Oh, wow. Um, no, I haven't done that kind of number crunching. Um, I've slowed down on my marketing because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a bit scary and people have, you know, my, my sales have slowed down for that same reason, I believe. Um, even though they're perfect working from homeware. Yes. <laughs> there's an opportunity there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there definitely is. And um, so, yeah, the it, cost of marketing is incredibly high. So I'm trying to do, you know, free marketing ventures, doing my own stuff, um, trying to do a bit of PR here and there on my own, which um, that's not my forte. So mm. um, it's it's tough. It's just constant hard work. I, you know, we are talking before about how, uh, you're working 24 um, seven uh, and, and that's pretty much what it is. I'm constantly <laughs> trying to come up with new ideas. So even if I'm not on the computer, it's like, Oh, how can I, how can I get a customer to really like my Instagram mm. post or how do I reel them in? You know, it's. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I mean, that's the thing. I think that, and I think that's the true entrepreneur because the entrepreneur doesn't switch off at five o'clock at night <laughs> and they go like employee might switch off and say, I'm going home now. That's it. Yeah. But the reality is most people, um, you know, that they're constantly thinking and, um, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night with a good idea or something. Yeah. Funny enough, I seem to find, get my best ideas out of the shower. <laughs> I get this, have a shower and sort of like disconnect for a while and sometimes you get the best ideas ever. So, um, yeah, yeah. mine are about 3am. They usually pop in my head and <laughs> <laughs> where's a <the> pen? <laughs> so, um in terms of like how long have you been operating now? So did you start this right right around around the same sort of COVID time or do you were you before that? No. Well, it took me about three years to get the product what it needed to be. Um, so initially I started with some of the manufacturers I was using in the industries I was working with before, which was mainly surf industry, um, and their products just weren't good enough. They were um, just horrible. And... Um, my idea behind it all was to have a product that's got longevity. So it's slow fashion. Um, it's versatile. You can wear it anywhere. So you don't need to have 20 different outfits every day. Um, one for the gym, one for lounging in, one for going to work in. You know, it's it's pretty much you can wear them anywhere. Just I'm, like I'm wearing them right now, actually, and I'm just throwing on a shirt. <laughs> Your own stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm super comfy. And um, yeah. it, it just, it, uh, it's a... Uh, the, the idea behind it being a product that isn't just something you wear a couple of times and it loses shape, mm-hmm. um, the style goes out of fashion, uh, you know, all the things that slow fashion is all about. Um, so it's important for me to have a, a quality product and a good design and finding that was really hard. I can't tell you how hard that was. <laughs> Trying to find the right fabric, the right yeah. pattern maker, the right manufacturer. I went through literally hundreds of uh, samples before I got the right one. Mm. And, and the thing about in Australia too is shipping's not fun. 
because no. it's expensive. <laughs> Very. Um, in, a, in the US, like you can, you can get something shipped out for a couple of dollars. You can even get something shipped faster from the US to Australia than you can actually in Australia ship the, the, like the next town. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, and that's a challenge as well. So, and and competing with, um, you know, these companies that are greenwashing is also um, really unfair. I think to the consumer, um, if someone what do you wants- mean by greenwashing. So all these big companies like, oh, ooh, I don't know, I shouldn't name them, should I? <laughs> you know, they'll you say- they are, they won't hurt you then. <laughs> it's the little, small, little ones that'll get there after you. These are the big ones, don't care. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, so greenwashing is basically telling the consumer that their product is ethical, sustainable, organic, um, made it here in Australia, and it's actually not. So um, they're just hopping on the bandwagon of what's a trend at the moment and mm-hmm. is increasing is eth- ethical and sustainable fashion um, yes. or, you know, um, not in just fashion, food, all sorts of stuff. So um, they're tapping into that market and can do so much easy, easily than a small startup can because they're already set up. Mm. They've got their marketers. They've got their um their staff on board anyway so they just give them another thing to work on and then they've got their ethical product (laughs) and i mean that's the interesting thing because i mean um outside the fact of getting caught out and i think there was a major one that just recently got caught out saying that and i guess the same principle is that you know claiming something about their clothing that wasn't really true yeah or didn't really i think didn't say it was you know COVID. like you couldn't get COVID by wearing these clothes but the reality was they didn't say that but it was close enough um, and I think that's, that's funny. yeah, it was funny. I, I know, well, yeah. number one, why would anybody fall for that in the first place? Like common sense would tell you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. um, but obviously apparently that's, that's the, you know, can't legislate against common sense. So <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, it's kind of strange if you ask me, like, you know, sure. Yeah. Of course, so, you know, wearing clothes isn't going to be COVID free. Like, yeah. you know, you, <laughs> that, that's serious greenwashing. <laughs> yeah, that is serious greenwashing. But I mean, you also you've got to think about the intelligence of the end, end consumer thinking, well, okay, that can't be real. Like, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. You know, like you, you'd have to be kind of, you'd have to think, well, hang on a minute. The virus comes through the, the face and the hands, which aren't covered by the clothes. So therefore, how the hell are you stop you from getting it? <laughs> What's that saying? You can't help stupid? <laughs> oh, exactly right. Absolutely. <laughs> and common sense is very common. Um, yes, that's right. <laughs> I find that because um, it's very interesting what I, it's like I, I've got a, uh, a friend of mine in the States who's, who's very big in presentations on stage and stuff like that. And he's run a lot of like three-day live events and stuff. And he used to always say to me, people don't read, listen or pay attention. Wow. <laughs> and you've got to assume that's the case. And 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 you yeah. look at you know current environments in Sydney, people don't read, listen, or pay attention. Very good so, advice. <laughs> exactly. so they almost have to be told over and over again like children. Yeah. And yeah. you think to yourself, why is the government telling you over and over again like children that um, you've got to do this when you think this is obvious? But for some people, it isn't obvious. Right. And I think that's the downs. That's the sort of mistake people make in marketing is they think that their customer might be a little bit more cluey or a little bit more sophisticated than they really are because they're not. Um, necessarily thinking about all that sort of stuff. So it's almost like an education thing. Yeah. Um, and then obviously in your case, when you're looking at this situation, is that people are claiming stuff and there's no official, I assume there's no official badge you can get that says your clothes are officially this and they've been certified to be uh, correct and all that sort of stuff. Or? Yeah, so there are a few certifications out there. Um, I've got the ones I can afford to get um, and that uh, they do help. I've got the Australian-made um, licence 
which is certified, um, Ethical Clothing Australia. Um, there's quite a few, Fair Trade, um, and yet they're not that easy to obtain, which is good. Um, and yet some people can just throw them on their website, even if they haven't got it, and it looks mm. like they've got it. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I'm really uh, transparent and more than happy to share any documentation that anyone requests. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think a lot of people will ask for it. But They're probably not thinking that much about it until it becomes an issue to them or, or they realise that. And, and I think it's interesting with clothing is that, and I, I think I saw a, I had another kind of similar uh, guest that was going to come on the show and I researched him a little bit. And they were talking about the amount of um wastage and everything that goes on when you manufacture these clothes that aren't ethically created and are manufactured or mm-hmm. whatever and there's a huge huge um economic cost as well but in terms of the actual mm-hmm. just what they do with them just to make them and the fact is they don't necessarily last that long anyway right so they're, they're basically falling apart fairly quickly it is one of the world's biggest contributors to greenhouse gas and pollution it's horrendous well yeah, and I try to educate people on that because a lot of people don't know. So I'll try to include them in my posts or share information on Facebook. But there's a lot of information out there if anyone's interested. It's all um, available to anyone to read. It's just mm. a lot of people are still stuck in that, um, uh, you know, why would you spend $100 on a pair of loungewear pants when I can buy them from Kmart for $10? It's like, mm. well, no one thinks about it. It's like. You know, well, I'd rather spend $10 and $100. Programmed to buy on price, right? In, in the clothing industry particularly, it's a very price orientated thing, isn't it? Absolutely. It's slowly changing, but um, because I'm such a small player, uh, it's it's a hard um, market to break in. And there's only um, a smaller market for them at the moment. Well, it's actually interesting because uh, this shirt that I'm wearing here is a bamboo uh, shirt. Mm-hmm. And and so at one point there, I um, I found this some bamboo a bamboo website that sells bamboo clothes, and once I got into it, I actually ended up with all this bamboo stuff. So basically, got bamboo um, uh, bamboo uh, towel, bamboo um, underwear, bamboo shirts. <laughs> like it never ended. Like bamboo socks, like, yeah. like everything's gone bamboo. And yeah. and the reality is, is like I play a lot of squash, so I've got all these bamboo socks, and they're so much better. The play in it's like it's once you realize the and then you look at and go hang on that's like a whatever might be a twenty dollar pair of socks or something, but I've bought socks or one socks that that I've worn that lasted less than a month or so and they're stuck in holes in them. Whereas the other socks they they lasted for like over a year before they even look like they were going to and you know they're being worn you know every week. Yeah, and and that's the kind of thing that we need to educate people on. It's um, quality over quantity. Yeah. And, and I tried to try and get these shirts, like unless, like I got these shirts from a guy in Queensland, and and I, he just doesn't seem to want to respond to my emails. I don't know what's going on with him. He says I'm going to send a quote, and never sends me a quote because to get them done that way and get the bamboo shirts, but these bamboo shirts cost could cost up to nearly you know eighty dollars. Yeah. And so, but they last like forever, right? Um, and they're comfortable, like they, you know, I, pref- I make a preference to rather wear them than something else. Yeah, definitely. They breathe. They're a natural fibre. Um, And don't get me wrong, I love bamboo. It's incredible. And any natural fibre, I'm all for it. Um, And just to give cotton a plug, um, it's much more versatile and long-lasting. So um, my garments will last. Oh, well, I'm wearing them now. And these are the same pair that I 
first got one of the samples in from my Australian manufacturer about three years ago and I'm constantly in them and I wash them all the time and they don't peel and they haven't changed shape. And so, yeah. you know, that's the kind of stuff that people tend to forget when they can just go and buy another pair for five bucks. So, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think the younger generation is very much focused on price. So they don't really look at necessarily those, all those decision makings unless, but they are also very focused towards ecological stuff in terms of that. Yeah. So you can you can twist them around from price to the other one pretty quickly and they'll change their minds really fast. The interesting with cotton, obviously, is cotton, to grow cotton is incredibly expensive in water. So if you're uh, That's lasting, a bit of a myth on that one. Um, yeah. Organic cotton uses a lot less right. water. Um, the water that they do use um, is recycled because organic cotton doesn't have any of the chemicals in it, so they can reuse the water, whereas um, regular cotton uh, does use a, a bit more than organic because if it is required to have chemical dyes or um, other chemicals in it, then they can't reuse the water. So it's a massive pollution factor with mm -hmm. any fabric being manufactured with dyes, um, oh gosh, the processes that are involved with it is quite scary that no one really knows about because they just, you know, pick up a, a garment and go, oh, I like that. And Do you want simple and effective ways to get started that don't cost a fortune in time and money? Discover the best steps for each strategy we teach and the most important areas to focus on and even to connect with your best customers and grow an online community. Grab your free copy of Startup Secrets for Entrepreneurs at startupsecrets.show. Well, I guess, you know, like when you ask a young kid where does where do, um, where does meat come from, they say the supermarket, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they never see the process that goes behind the scenes. And, yeah. and you know, in some cases I think, in, like when I was living in North Queensland, um, we, we used to have bananas, you know, like a big lot of banana plantations up there. And when I saw what they did to bananas and mm. the whole process, that I wouldn't eat them, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like it took yeah. me years to get around. Like in Sydney I eat them now, but... But you yeah. kind of desensitise, but you don't see the process and how it gets to there. So it becomes a very homogenised kind of thing. Mm. And, and, and for bananas, for example, and a lot of fruit, they freeze it. So what happens is as soon as you get that fruit, um, within like two days, it's going off. And you wonder yeah. why. It's because yeah. it was frozen and then unfrozen. And then yeah. because it needs to look perfect for the customers. The customer thinks, oh, this is fantastic fruit. It all looks the same. The reality is fruit never looks the same. We try to grow it through COVID and it doesn't look the same. And, and so it's like you end up in a situation where you, you think that, that that whole process is where it is, but it isn't. The background to it isn't what you think it is in a lot of things. Yeah. And um, fashion is a massive, massive contributor to the pollution that we're all hoping to fix. But mm. um, you have to actually act on it <laughs> we all need to make better choices and yeah. stop buying. i mean you see you see a lot of things now where like supermarkets are finally saying well get rid of plastic bags and mm. and packaging like the one that i was one of the most thing was was toothpaste right mm. you buy toothpaste in this cardboard box that's then in another box you know like in another container you think why do you have two boxes all right why do you because yeah. they can't stack it so why don't you just make toothpaste stackable right like, you know like and you Good cut idea. down and, and the parrot, they reckon though, I forget the number, the amount of covering just for toothpaste is like worldwide. The amount of paper resources that must be to make those boxes that you just simply wow. throw away is massive. See, I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's actually everywhere. We should, you know, packaging's a nightmare. It's like so horrible. Um, we don't use any plastic in any of our packaging. So, yeah. um, you know, every little bit helps. 
and I encourage everyone to do their bit. And um, apparently, yeah. yeah, apparently, toothpaste. Although I don't, I read this somewhere too, and I actually checked it out. On the bottom of toothpaste, there's color. The color that's on the bottom of the toothpaste tells you what's in it. So there's different colours, blue, red, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And so, because, um, I mean, I think it's interesting too, In when you look at how long it took people to do things, apparently it took something like, I don't know what it was, 10 or 15 years for someone to accept toothpaste as, as, an opt, as, as a product. Hmm. Um, it took nearly 50 years for TVs to become, you know, like commodities. Oh, wow. Um, and so some products now, like, take less than a year to become you know, the standard product or less time and it's getting shorter and shorter. And obviously because global communication and stuff like that. But yeah. it, I think it took something like 30 years to convince people to use deodorant or something. So <laughs> it's like, it's a, people are slow at, do, you know, getting it sometimes yeah. um, unless they can see a big cause to it. And I think you know, the environment's probably the biggest one because, you know, you can't, unless you're a billionaire and you're going to fly, some, fly someone else from out of space, you know, like... <laughs> You don't wonder why all these billionaires suddenly want to go to space, right? Yeah, like, yeah, come well, on. Know, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about they invest in the planet, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, I was looking at those scenarios because you look, you see a lot of posts on Facebook and stuff like when they when they say, oh, you know, Richard Branson or whatever has just gone into space and the people said, the amount of money you spent on this trip, you could have probably solved African starving, you know, the starving Africans, if you like, or you could have solved an ecological problem or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, you look at something like Bill Gates, who's, who's trying to invent a better toilet and you wonder why. And you, when you look at the whole scenario, it's like, wow, that's just amazing because it's such a big thing. Millions, more yeah. people die every day just from in India because they don't have proper toilets than, than anything else. Millions. Yeah, and but you don't see it because no one wants to put it on the news about that, and I think that's the that's the trick, really. Yeah, I agree. It's all about education, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean that's I guess that's your only thing you can really do is you can make it stand for the small guy. And I think interesting enough that the the market likes that they like the underdog, they love the underdog story. So I think if if anybody in marketing can kind of pull yourself up as the underdog fighting the big guys everybody likes to fight the big guys right? yeah you know, they all yeah. shop with the big guys it's like they fall for it but the reality is you know i think that's almost like they're buying their own little um, piece of um, of revolting if you like <laughs> if everyone took time to think about their purchases before they actually just automatically grab for it yes um that's that's just one small thing we can all do it's mm. just taking that little bit of time and even reading a label, is it Australian-made or, you know, we're, we're doing it for the economy as well and, and keeping jobs here and, um, you know, let's, um, let's all do our bit and it all make, it makes a massive difference. And I think it's interesting now with, with the pandemic, what it's made obvious is certain countries have real problems with supply. And so if you, if you manufacture and make your own stuff in your own country, then you've got a situation where you don't have to worry so much about, you know, this, this danger of losing that access because, I mean, um, I, I think there was a, with the recycled stuff, China was taking all the recycled stuff from the worldwide. So every, all the, basically, all the junk and everything went to China, they bought it and they cut it down and recycled it. And then they said, no, no more. So they're saying, no, no, we don't want it anymore. We, you can have it, you can keep it. And and we got very, Australia got very good at recycling and sending it over, not very good at actually doing it. Yeah. And I imagine that's still a big problem now, but the reality is, is that if you can keep a lot of stuff in your own country and manufacture your own things, you're very self-sufficient and you're supporting each other rather than supporting some big company overseas. Basically, the money just doesn't even lend back here. 
that's absolutely the goal. It's mm-hmm. something we all need to do. Um, I just, it's so easy and, and such a bad habit that we've all gotten into that, um, you know, I could buy three t- T-shirts for the price of one. So I'm going to mm. buy three. And then when they lose shape and start peeling, I'll just landfill, landfill, landfill. And yeah, I don't even think about it, but it's huge. It's a huge problem. Because nowadays, like, kids don't want hand-me-downs, right? So there used to be, no. like, hands down. So they would have new clothes, right? No. And And so, and you know, that's the whole thing. It used to be we're not probably your generation, our generation. It's like you always cop the yeah. hand-me-down yeah. from the relatives or whatever, <laughs> and you didn't get much yeah. of a choice of what you wore. <laughs> that's right. Or, or furnishing your house, you know. You'd get hand-me-downs, and now they all want something new, and yeah. which is nice. But, like, really, it's just cheap, nasty, consumer, then, throwaway products. It's then ask me this question. Why do they have to wear jeans that are falling apart? Yeah, I've got to buy new clothes and then I've got to wear jeans that are falling apart. I, I never get that concept of jeans with cut holes in them that look like they've come out of apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and that too contributes. You know, the new fashion coming out is this or that. And so you throw out your old pair that's perfectly fine. Mm. Um, and, yeah, great recycled clothes are uh, a wonderful thing. I love op shopping and, and you can find some great products. But, um the upcoming generation, they want new everything. Mm, yeah, makes sense. Mm. All right, so the key message here is that think about it before you take that credit card out and buy something. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and actually look at the label and, and, and be conscious about what you're doing. And I think that's that's a big, um, and not a simple, not a hard thing to do, right? It's just think one extra 30 seconds and think, is this thing what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And if it's going to cost a few extra cents or dollars, you, you're doing your bit to help. Um, Australia, um, the world, and it's like that. It is a donation, right? Right, pretty much. (laughs) And the reality is going to last longer anyway. Like the shirts, like my bamboo shirts, like I've got bamboo shirts years and years, and on other shirts that you know just just get after a while, just get to a point you're not wear them anymore because they don't feel any good. And isn't it? Yeah, isn't it lovely the um, breathable fabrics yes you know just on your skin it's so lovely i can't stand synthetics i'm allergic to most of the dyes and everything in in that that chemicals that they use in synthetics anyway but um so that kind of says a lot to me yeah makes sense (laughs) but just to wear cotton just feels yeah really lovely on your skin you know um so this is there's different types of cotton of course Mm -hmm. um this is more the Crisp cotton, and then my my fabrics um, are a stretch, uh, soft brush cotton. So they're still cotton, but um, uh, you, you've got to pick and choose what kind of cotton you want to go for. And I go for organic. And mm. makes sense. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and educating us about fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the word out there. <laughs> and being a bio warrior at the same time. <laughs> been lovely to meet you and chat. Thanks very much, John. No, again, so, so tell me a little bit about um, how they can get, get anything from you. So it's BJ's with an S, pjs.com.au is the website, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've got a couple of sales on there. Um, and I know you're into techie stuff. So mm. I've just um, collaborated with an amazing woman, um, D, she's got a product called My Offer, mm-hmm. and it's a little app. So you can um, go in my little chat box and make an offer, and if it's reasonable, we'll bargain with you. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I've seen some of those things. Like, um, you know, it's quite a cool idea because I've seen the people where you pay what you think or what you feel, and and I think um, there's a weight loss company that does that, Noom, mm-hmm. and they actually come and you actually pay whatever you feel you want to pay for the first month to try something. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, and um, 
I've got an offer at the moment too. If you buy a pair of pants, you get fifty percent off. <laughs> dog <laughs> not included. Buy <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the pair of pants and you get fifty percent off the top of your choice. So um, that's some specials at the moment. But cool. if anyone's interested, they can always email me. Cool, no worries. Well, thank you so much, and um, well, all the best with your new venture. <laughs> thank you very much, John. Appreciate it. That's a wrap on another awesome episode for the Startup Secret Show for Nippernors. Just before you go, if you like this episode, we'd be very grateful for a five-star review. Please also consider recommending the show to a friend or two. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at StartupSecrets.show right now. Until next time, if you're an entrepreneur, make a start on your next great business idea today.